Good to see each of you again this uh, Lord's Day. Good to see you all healthy as you are, and we pray that continues to be the case. Good to see some of you that have been away able to be back today. Uh, we're thankful for that, and we give God the praise and the glory. And it's good to have this opportunity to worship together, being of the same mind and striving to do God's will to the best of our abilities. This morning I want to talk to us for a little while about the right attitude toward the truth. Our lesson text will be Ezekiel 33, verse 30 through 33. As y'all know uh, for sure, I'm, a, I'm big on attitude. I think attitude is so very important. In this life, we meet people who have very rotten attitudes about things, and we, have the, we know those that are very negative, and then we have those who are very positive. And if I had my rathers, I would rather be around those that have the right and positive attitude uh, because they're more pleasant to be around, but also they're more successful. And so attitude is very important. And when it comes to serving God, attitude is extremely important. And so it is true that we all have ups and downs in life. We go through the good times, the difficult times. We go down through the valleys. Then we have the hilltop experiences. And through all of these, we can always keep our attitudes right. And it will help us no matter what we're going through in our lives. Well, we're going to talk about Ezekiel a little bit and uh, some things that was going on in his life. As, as you know, he was a prophet of God, and he was to prophesy to God's people, to, to talk to God's people. You know, prophets would foretell the future, but they would also foretell the truth. And so they would preach the message of God, and many times that would include things that were going to happen in the future. So... They didn't just always foretell the future. Sometimes they were just preaching the word, preaching the truth uh, that the people needed to hear. Well, God had informed Ezekiel of his commission and of the condition of his people, God's people, and especially those who were in Babylonian captivity. Now, we've been studying a lot about this period of time, and so uh, these terms and these times, I'm sure, are becoming more and more familiar to you as we've been studying Daniel and, and some of the prophets here recently. Well, in, in Ezekiel chapter 2, I want you to notice as God informs uh, Ezekiel of these matters. In Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 3, beginning, the Bible says, And he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me, they and their fathers have transgressed against me, even unto this very day. For they are impudent, impudent, impudent children and stiff-hearted. I will send them unto thee. Thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God. And they, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house. Yet shall know that there has been a prophet among them. And thou, son of man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words. Though briars and thorns be with thee, 
and thou dost dwell among scorpions. Be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. So that's somewhat of a description in a broad sense of the people of Israel. Uh, those from Judah that were in Jerusalem that were um, during that time of captivity. They were not very faithful for the most part. They were not always very nice either. They didn't always want to hear the word of God and they were not always very nice to those who would be presenters of the word of God. Notice also that God had warned Ezekiel of the danger of becoming like those people. You'll notice in chapter 2, verse 8, But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto thee. Be not thou rebellious like the, that rebellious house. Open thy mouth and eat that I give thee. You remember in Revelation chapter 10, verse 9, John told, was told by the angel to, to take that little book and to eat it and how it would be sweet to his taste but bitter to his belly? Well, that's kind of what he's being told here. Ezekiel's being told to eat the Word of God. And of course, as it was with John, so it was with Ezekiel. God's Word was very sweet to his taste, but the things that he had to say to the people and the things about the people had to be very bitter to his belly. The Bible also teaches in Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 9, that God did something for Ezekiel so that he would be able to undertake the task that had been set before him. He made his head very hard. You know, sometimes people may say, you're hard-headed. And that's probably true. Uh, I've been called hard-headed a time or two, but that's not always bad. Sometimes to do the job at hand, you have to have a thick skull. You have to be somewhat hard-headed. You have to be determined. You have to have thick skin. Without it, you'll wither away. You'll not be able to be successful in doing the, the task at hand. And so it's not always a bad thing. The Bible says in Ezekiel 3, verse 9, And as an adamant harder than flint have I made thy forehead, Fear them not, neither be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious people. I'm sure on occasions you've had to tell people things that they did not want to hear. And sometimes you probably have made them very angry just by telling the truth, giving good advice perhaps. And you've seen their looks. When I was a young man, there was several times my mom told me to wipe that look off of my face. She didn't like the way I was looking at her. Well, as Ezekiel would present God's word to the people, he would get all sorts of looks. And many of them were not looks of loving kindness. So God made his head hard, like flint, like a diamond stone hard so that he would be able to continue to do what God had commanded him to do although there were people that would hate him and uh, you know, mistreat him and things of that nature he had to press on and give God's message 
to the people of God. And so, our text this morning, Ezekiel 33, verse 30 through 33. Let's start with verse 30. And as we study this, we will learn that we'll look at their attitude, the people of God, and many times we can learn how not to be by looking at those who do wrong. It's good to look at those that do right and follow their examples, but also as today we will look at their attitudes towards the truth and we'll say, God's not pleased with that. We don't want to be like them. We want to be, we want to be different than that. And so Ezekiel 33, verse 30, the Bible says, Also, thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses and speak one to another, every one to his brother, saying, Come, I pray come, uh, you, and hear what is the word that cometh from, forth from the Lord. Now, if you'll notice in this verse, it says that they were still talking against Ezekiel. This can apply, in this lesson, we can apply it to preachers that stand up, preach the truth. But I want you to take it a little further than that. I want you to try to make application to yourselves. I want you to think about times when you've had to stand and have stood for that which is right and the, the looks that you've received and the, and the way that you've been treated. It's not just for preachers. It's for all faithful Christians. We can all get something out of this passage of Scripture. And so they're talking against you. They're going to talk against you, Ezekiel. They're going, to, they're going to mock you. They're going to make fun of you. They're going to ridicule you. They're going, to, they're going to talk behind your back. I remember several years ago I was preaching at a place. I wasn't the preacher there, but I was there as a guest speaker. And I remember preaching on the subject of women being submissive to their husbands and the duties of those in the family and all that. And I remember we had a meal afterwards. And after we had went into another room and we all had... Uh, taken of that meal they left they and they and I was behind them this family it was a it was a woman and her husband and her son and I think his wife maybe and I was right behind them and she was mocking everything I said about the husband being the head of the wife and the wife to be submissive uh, to the husband well to this day she don't know I heard everything she said and she was wearing me out and I was right there behind her and I thought, this is sad. A few years later, her husband divorced her because he couldn't put up with her any longer. She wanted to wear the pants in that house. Well, Ezekiel brings the truth to the people, but the Bible says they're going to be, they're going to be talking about you. They're going to be talking about you behind the walls. They're going to be talking about you in these rooms. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be gossiping. They're going to be backbiting. They're going to be whispering. They're going to be conspiring against you. You see, these people, outwardly, they were believers, but they were neither sincere nor committed to the truth. But they had that appearance at times. But boy, they couldn't wait to get home so they could just rip Ezekiel apart and say all manner of things against him. You see, they could not refute the truth that he preached. So they attacked Ezekiel. I've mentioned that to you many times. That's the way it works. The truth will stand on its own. The truth is right. It will always stand. 
And so when people try to refute the truth, they're going to lose every time. You cannot defeat God's truth. So what happens next? They start taking shots at the messenger. They attack the messenger. It's always going to be that way. What did they do to Stephen in Acts chapter 7? They couldn't defeat what he was saying. He was speaking the truth. The truth will stand. So what did they do to Stephen? You see, so Ezekiel the prophet is mistreated because they cannot refute the truth that he preaches. In Galatians chapter 4 verse 16, Paul said when writing to the churches in the region of Galatia, he said, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? That's a wrong attitude towards the truth. That's a very bad attitude. Whether a person is going to live the truth or not live the truth, they ought not mistreat the messengers who are bringing the truth, the very words that they need to hear whereby they might be saved. As we mentioned Stephen just a minute ago in Acts chapter 7, in verse 54 the Bible says, and when they heard these things, what they hear? They heard the truth. Exactly what they needed to hear. The Bible says they were cut to their heart and they gnashed upon him with their teeth. They ran upon him. They attacked him. And verse 59, the Bible says, And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. They stoned this man of God to death. I believe it's in derision that they pretty much said, Come, let's go hear the word of the Lord. Let's go hear what God has to say. I don't think they were sincere about that. When I study the people of God in that period of time, I can't see them sincerely wanting to go hear the truth that they would need to hear to save their souls. And of course, it's pointed out here that they're not, they're not going to obey anyhow. You see, they, they really, more than anything else, wanted someone to scratch their ears. They wanted someone to tell them some new thing, maybe. That's the only reason I could think of that they'd want to gather, to assemble. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, Paul told Timothy that in the last days, that's the way people would be. That's not the only time they've been like that. They've been like that throughout the ages. When he says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They will not endure the truth. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And of course, then he says, they'll turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. People would rather come out and hear a fable being proclaimed than to hear the truth because sometimes the truth has a sting to it. When people are not living according to it, those people in Mars Hill, you remember the Bible says in Acts 17, verse 21, for all the Athenians and strangers which were, uh, which were there, there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. People like to hear new things. They don't like to hear the old truth. They want to hear something new. They want to hear fables. They want their ears tickled. They want you to tell them what makes them feel good. That's how many church buildings throughout the land are being packed because inside they're being told what they want to hear and not what God has for them to hear. They want the, to be pleased and they do not want to hear what's necessary for them to get right in the sight of God. They're not about pleasing God. They're about pleasing themselves. And so Ezekiel is going to go and he's going to present God's message. But he's going to be mistreated. They're not going to respect him. They're not going to appreciate it at all. 
Ezekiel 33, verse 31, the Bible says, And they came unto thee, and, and, and they come unto thee as the people cometh. And they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. The people of God would assemble because they were commanded to. They would assemble and they would assemble to hear the word of God. But they did not have any intentions of obeying the word that they heard. You know, many people today sit in pews throughout the land and they hear good sermons preached but they actually have no intention at all of ever changing. I've seen this throughout the years growing up in the Lord's church as being a gospel preacher. I've witnessed it. I've seen people sit Sunday after Sunday through sermon after sermon, Bible class after Bible class, and never change their lives as though they felt that just showing up was some accomplishment. The people talked a good talk. You hear people in the church buildings, they talk very good talk. But the people in his day, their hearts would not be into what they were saying. Today, the church, many of us have a lot of great intentions, but we don't do a lot with those intentions. We hear sermon after sermon, lesson after lesson. But we do the same old things we've always done. And when improvement needs to be made, very few times do we ever make the improvements that we need to make. Well, Jesus talked about those people and people of his day being like those in the days of Ezekiel. As he quotes from back there, in Matthew 15, verse 8, he said, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honored me with their lips. They attend worship service. They dress well. They sing well. They partake of the Lord's Supper. They give of their means. But their heart is far from me. You see, the people in Ezekiel's day, they... They spoke of their love for him, but their hearts were really filled with covetousness. Covetousness, or that love for mammon, is a direct enemy of God. You remember in Matthew 6, 24, Jesus said, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. There are people in the church today who will gladly put vacation ahead of worshiping God on the Lord's day. There are those in the church today who will assemble every time the doors are opened at the building and go through the motions, but actually they want to be out in the world making more money. Banking more money. Taking care of things of a worldly nature. Their heart is in the world, not in doing God's will. Oh, it's easy to get in a routine or a habit of assembling 
and going through the motions. But you know what? God says that's no good if your heart is not in what you're doing. You see, the people in Ezekiel's day, like many in our day, their greatest desires were earthly. They only paid lip service to the heavenly. I wonder how many times we're guilty of just really paying lip service to God. Lip service to doing the will of God. Ezekiel 33, verse 32. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. But they hear thy words, but they do them not. The people of God enjoyed Ezekiel's presentation. Evidently, he was an eloquent speaker. And so they enjoyed the presentation. It appears that the people were very serious about the accolades that they gave Ezekiel. To them, Ezekiel's words would flow very well. He was like a lovely song. He was like a, a singer with a beautiful voice. He was like a, a man that could play an instrument very well, very pleasing. His delivery was outstanding. It was enjoyable. You know, even today in the Lord's Church, there are a lot of people that assemble, and their real purpose is to evaluate the messenger's presentation. It's really not so much about the message. When people leave, oftentimes they're not talking about the message, they're talking about the messenger. I've got a good friend who is an excellent orator. He speaks very well. And for years I would go to his, the gospel meetings where he would preach. Wherever it was, if I could drive there, I would go. Love that man. And I've wished many times I could present the word like he does. But one thing I always heard when after the service was over, it was always about the man and how good the man could speak. I never heard anyone talk about his message. It was about the messenger. Then I thought, maybe I don't want to be able to present the gospel in such an impressive way. Because I want people to notice the message, not the messenger. I want you to hear the words of God, not the words of Mike. I want the word of God to move you, to stir your soul, to, to put a fire inside of you that you want to go preach the gospel, you want to go teach, you want to go do, you want to put your whole heart into everything you do for God. It's one thing to love a good presentation of the truth, but it's another thing to love the truth. A good presentation of the truth centers on the talent and learning of the speaker. If one loves the truth, he will not be so concerned about the appearance or the presentation of the speaker. The preacher might be poorly educated and use bad grammar. You're very familiar with that. But if he presents the truth, we should rejoice that the truth is being presented. If we love the truth, we will. 
We won't nitpick the one that is presenting it. But we'll be focused on the truth that he presents. The preacher's appearance might not be up to our standards of dress or looks. He might be poorly dressed or even homely in appearance. These will be the concern only of those who really do not love the truth. They just attend to kind of grade the one who's teaching the Bible class or the one who's preaching the message. And The people heard the word that Ezekiel preached, but they would not obey it. God said they will not obey. They're going to hear it. They're going to assemble. But they're not going to obey. In Matthew 7, 21, Jesus said, Not everyone saith to me, Lord, Lord, share in the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Obedience is a must. Ezekiel 33, verse 33. And when this cometh to pass, lo, it will come, and then shall they know that a prophet hath been among them. God will bring upon his people that were in Palestine exactly what he had promised by the mouth of Ezekiel. What was that? Let's go to Ezekiel 33 for a second and we'll read a little bit of what God had promised through the mouth of Ezekiel to bring upon those people that were still in Palestine during the time of this captivity. In verse 27 beginning 33 verse 27 say thou thus unto them thus saith the Lord God as I live truly they that are in the waste shall fall by the sword and him that is in the open field will I give to the beast to be devoured and they that be in the forts and in the caves shall die of pestilence. For I will lay the land most desolate, and the pomp of her strength shall cease, and the mountains of Israel shall be desolate, that none shall pass through. Then shall they know that I am the Lord, when I have laid the land most desolate, because of all their abominations which they have committed. You see, that's some of the things that Ezekiel was telling the people that was going to happen if they didn't get right with God. And so when these things came about, they knew that Ezekiel was truly a prophet of God because as you know in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 22, the Bible says, when a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not nor come to pass, that is the thing which, that is the thing which uh, the Lord hath not spoken, but the prophet that speaketh it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. In other words, the sign of a true prophet is when he would prophesy it would come to pass. So all those things that God prophesied was going to happen to those people in Jerusalem, when those things came to pass like the prophet had prophesied, God says, well, then they'll know there's been a prophet among them. You know, even today, in our worlds, 
As we go out teaching and preaching the gospel, teaching our children, our family members, our friends, our neighbors, we preach the truth. They may not accept us or receive us as speakers of truth, as, as true children of God. But you know what? There will come a day when they will know that you told them the truth. Your children will know that you taught them the truth. Your neighbors will know that you taught them the truth. Your people around you will know that you are a real man, you're a real woman of God, a real child of God. Like they knew Ezekiel was a true prophet of God. When we preach what God commands, it's true. And when we show people what's going to happen in the future to those who refuse to obey the truth, the day will come when they will see. It may be during our lifetimes, it may be later, at the end of time, depends on when the Lord comes. But every time one leaves this old world, they come to realize you told the truth. Hopefully they die faithful to God and they see that the very things that you taught them are very true and they're in joy today, happy, in comfort. But for those who, like the people in the days of Ezekiel, when they lift up their eyes being in torments, they'll know. You was a man of God. You are a woman of God. You, you told the truth. They'll know that they were around faithful Christians while they were here on earth. You see, the truth will prevail. You can know that without a doubt. Isaiah 55, verse 11. God said, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. God's word always does what God intends for it to do. The problem is when you don't have people like Ezekiel, the word is not being taught. People can't be saved unless they hear the word. You've got to hear the word before you can obey it. Church members play church. We're keeping house. We don't talk about the Lord like we once did. It's, we're, not, we're not putting the word out like we used to. Maybe not as zealous because of all that's going on in our world. The church as a whole is dying. Because the church is not putting the message out with the zeal that it once did. And without people hearing the message from God, they cannot be saved. The Word will do what God intends for it to do. Let's not lose our faith in the Word of God. Be like Ezekiel. Let's have hard heads. Let's refuse to stop sharing the gospel with those that are lost in sin. Let's not stop doing what we've been doing. Let's not become discouraged. Let's not find excuses for not talking to our friends and neighbors and family members about the Lord Jesus Christ and His will for mankind. Because the truth is, Jesus said in John 12, 48, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. There's going to be a judgment day. People are going to be judged by the word of God. Many do not even understand the word of God. They don't know the word of God, but yet they're going to be judged by it. 
and they're not going to know it and understand it unless we teach it to them because the world is not going to teach them the truth. You see, when God's talking about these people in the days of Ezekiel, he's not talking about the people of those heathen nations. He's talking about God's people. It was God's people that had God so upset and disturbed. It was God's people who are about, you know, were receiving the wrath of God because of their disobedience. God was focused on his people, just like today he's focused on the church and what she or she is not doing. Romans chapter 2, verse 16, the Bible says, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. What's your attitude towards the truth today? What's your attitude? What do you think about the truth? What does the truth do for you? Where are you today in your life? Are you busy evangelizing? Today we have so many means by which to get the gospel to our friends and neighbors and, and even people we don't even know. What are we doing to try to save their souls? What are we doing to try to warn them? This virus has caused a lot of problems in our land. It's caused a lot of problems in the church. Lots of problems. I shudder to think about the aftermath when this is taken care of. What kind of shape the church of Christ is going to be in? It frightens me. But you know something else? We know people that are dying. They're here one day, they're gone the next. And the truth is, they go into eternity having never really been taught the gospel of Jesus Christ. While we as people of God, many times we just go through the motions. We know the truth. You remember when you first learned the gospel? You remember how excited you were? Do you remember when you just couldn't wait to be baptized into Christ, to have all your sins washed away? Do you remember when you were baptized into Christ, you came out of that water rejoicing and how you felt so good, you was overwhelmed with emotions because now I know the truth, I've obeyed the truth, and I'm saved from all my sins. And you remember how for a while you wanted to tell the world. Everyone you saw, you just had a different look about yourself because you were so full of joy knowing that you knew the truth, you obeyed the truth, there was no doubt in your mind that you were saved. And there for a while you went about trying to get everyone to visit the Church of Christ, to have a Bible study, for many of us, those years have been long gone and we may have found ourselves very complacent. Maybe, hopefully not, but we could be like the church at Laodicea. Lukewarm. Neither cold nor hot. You see, we're saved, right? That's what we believe. 
we're going to heaven. If no one else goes, we're going because we're in the church of Christ. But yet we know a lot of people that do not know the truth. And yet we're not saying anything to them about the truth. We're not trying to save their souls. Are we any better than anyone else? Is it that we just have this maybe even a false security that since we're in the church, we're, we're good and, well, they don't want to listen anyhow, so just let them go by the wayside. We don't want to be like God's people in Ezekiel's day. We don't want to just get dressed on Sunday morning and come hear a Bible lesson and then, then hear a sermon preached. It won't be as, nearly as good as Ezekiel's, you know that. But, but oftentimes it's like, preacher, that was a great sermon. I needed that. And then we go on our way and we don't change anything. Or perhaps don't even remember what we learned that day. But yet we're busy. We've got to get back home. We've got to get back to the cooking, get back to the cleaning, get back to the yard work, get back to taking care of dogs and animals and all these other things, we just get so busy wrapped up in those things that don't even really amount to anything. All the while, we walk past people, we have friends, we have associates and people we know, and they're lost. Do we really care? We're going through the motions. We'll be there on Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night. We'll listen to that sermon, shake the preacher's hand, good job, needed that. And then what happens when we go out the doors? Sometimes it's like the people in Ezekiel's day, it's not here so much that I know of, but you go to lunch and you bash the preacher and how he was dressed or how his family looked or how his wife looked or didn't speak, did speak, this, this, that. All sorts of things go on. But the truth is, we don't want to be like the people in Ezekiel's day. We want to say to people, come, let's hear what God has for us. Let's take it in, and then let's put it into practice. Let's try to make sure that everyone in our world has the opportunity to hear the truth before they leave this world. Let's do what we can. Well, I knew I couldn't finish the lesson, so I thought we'd make a little application. But really and truly, we need to do some soul searching. I do. Perhaps you do. We've had so much going on recently, I know our minds have been taken off with a real focus where they need to be in Christ Jesus because of all that we're hearing and all that we're seeing and all this going on around. It's just negative, negative, negative. Everything seems to be bad. You know what's still good? Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the Savior of mankind. And you know something else? He has given us the gospel of Jesus Christ and commissioned us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. It's not right of us to know what we know and not give people that we know the opportunity to know what we know. That's not right, is it? What if that was you or me? What if we were attending some man-made religion? What if we were just good moral people 
And we thought all the while we were serving God and when we die we're going to heaven. There's no doubt about it. But yet the whole time they're not in Christ Jesus. What if that was you or me? And you knew someone that you saw day by day or week by week or from time to time who knew the truth but yet didn't say a word to you about it. You know, I'm really afraid that we have a faith problem in the church. I don't know that we really believe like we should believe. I believe we need to get busy, really busy, letting everybody we come in contact with know about Jesus. Some way, somehow. Whether you mail something to them, you talk to them, you sit down with them, you call them on the phone, you, whatever you've got to do, let's let everybody know so they don't leave this world thinking they're saved and not. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name cast out devils, in thy name done many wonderful works. Then will I profess unto you, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. How many times have we had the opportunity to get right with God? Over and over again. Today, if you're not a Christian, we encourage you to become one. By believing with all your heart, Jesus Christ is Son of God, John 3, 16. By repenting of all your sins, Luke 13, 3. By confessing Him before men, that is, that you believe that He is indeed the Son of God, Matthew 10, 32. And then be baptized for the remission of sins, Acts 2, 38. In order that you may be saved from your sins, Mark 16, 16. So they can be washed away by the blood of the Lamb. And then for those of us who have obeyed the gospel, we need to be sure that we give the opportunity to all that we meet to be able to know what someone has taught us that is God's Word. If you're here and you need to respond, once you come, as together we stand and sing. There's not